This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and lover of bread, Jake Bockelman. What? I like bread. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. This is On the Block here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I am Jake Bokovan, joined by Eric Strickland. Of course, Strick, longtime NBA vet and, of course, Husker Hall of Famer as well. Strick, how are you doing today? Wonderful today. Uh, looking forward to this wonderful weekend of NFL playoff divisional round football. Yeah, that's the exciting it's news. It's going to be a great weekend. weekend. Yeah, I, I, yeah. We, we'll, we'll run through that too. Unfortunately, if you've been uh, in a closet, I suppose, the last couple of days or under a rock, um, is that uh, Nebraska basketball's game against Ohio State has been postponed for this weekend. So there won't be Nebraska basketball. Um, a chance that, it, that, that the Wednesday or Tuesday game, I believe, with uh, Wisconsin might be canceled or postponed, I should say, as well. Of course, if, 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 if they've made the, the ruling in the Big Ten now, if these games do get uh, canceled or, or, or postponed, they'll be postponed first, and then they'll try to reschedule those games. If they end up getting canceled, um, it won't count as a loss for the team with the COVID issue, which is Nebraska. So that, at least, is, is good news. Have you been uh, paying attention? Today was kind of an interesting press conference uh, where uh, I, I guess Kobe Webster uh, had to come up and maybe clear up some some words that he had said or some concerns he had about practice and, and maybe um, not uh, keeping players accountable with the way that they do practice. Um, seems to be everything's cleared up now. Hoiberg spoke about it. Webster kind of spoke about it as well. Um, you see that being too much a distraction, especially with these, these games that they have off uh, or these, these dates that they have off and the games being postponed for now. Well, you know, I, I I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think sometimes it's good for um, in the, on the team leadership individual to say something that brings light to the scope of whatever it is that they're having problems with or need to address or do better. Uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people we we talked about the time when when we were playing and we had we were having tremendous adversity and you know we had, I think we were going to have a practice one day and you know there were some guys that were upset and there were some guys that felt a certain kind of way maybe about the coaching or whatever the case may be but um, you know it caused us to go on a tremendous losing streak and and a lot of that infighting and just you, you could tell because it just we weren't playing uh, to our abilities and we ended up having a meeting and we all met we looked at each other face to face and you know, I basically was like, listen, whatever we say right now, say it, you know, get it out, put it all on the table. Um, we looked each other in the face and said, whatever it said is going to be right here, dealt with, addressed. And after this point, it's a wrap. And so um, we ended up doing, you know, fairly well all the rest of the season, but it led us to go on that run to win the NIT. So, um, 
sometimes, you know, I, I would say the way to do it may not be good to do it and address it in the media. Um, I've had media situations in Dallas and, and a media guy took some of my words out of context and got back to Coach Nelson. I had to go sit down with Coach Nelson and let him know that, that that's not what I said. So sometimes things could be taken out of context. When you're dealing with the media, sometimes they're looking to spice up things or stir the pot or cause some controversy. You know, it sells. That's what sells. Right. So you know, that, that's why I probably wouldn't have done it that way. You know, I may have done it internally and really looked at each other and, and had those types of discussions. Is there a point where that it is good to kind of go to the media about it, where maybe the frustration has boiled over? You've maybe you've tried those those face to face meetings, or um, you know, and it, it just kind of gets to a point where you you. I mean, they're zero and eight, right? He's a team leader. Um, you get to this point where you just kind of the frustration boils over, and you're looking for some way um, t- to spark the team or make the change that you see needed that that hasn't happened. Um, just try to kind of bring maybe more of a, a public light to it rather than within the team? Is it ever is it ever a good idea, I guess, to go to the media? Would that ever be an, an idea that could maybe spark the change if the change hasn't happened internally? I think, I mean, if you do, you've got to be very tactful because you don't, you don't want it to look as if you're bashing any one individual. It doesn't sound to me that that was the case with Kobe Webster. It just sounded like it was pretty vague and, and you know, you can use it or – leave it up to interpretation or whatever the case may be. It didn't seem like, I, I think the difference, if you decide to do to go to the media, it definitely has to be very vague. It has to be, you know, dealing with all of us. Also, you have to look inwardly at yourself and, and be humble enough to, to state that case about even you um, and, and put you in that, that same sphere. So um, I think if you're tactful about it, you, you could use it to your advantage at different times. Um, I think, People use the media all the time, you know what I mean? Whether it be a coach or um, it, it could be a big football game or a big basketball game. Sometimes you'll use the media because you you know your players may be able to see it. Um, and then it, it will challenge you or inspire you or it could lead to something else. Um, and then that would require an individual conversation. So I, I think it's it's it can go both ways. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't want to play this too. Just kind of speaking of media, it hasn't it hasn't got to this level with Fred Hoiberg, and thankfully, and hopefully, it won't. He's a he's a rather calm guy. And and like I said, I don't want to shine too much light on this Kobe Webster situation because I think that they, um, I mean, they basically had the press conference today to say no problem, we're moving on. We had a discussion, uh, and now we're moving on. Um, but uh, at least it hasn't got to the point that it has with Penny Hardaway in Memphis. I don't know if you're able to hear this. This was uh, Penny Hardaway at his press conference last night. Memphis struggling a little bit on a three-game losing streak. They've done rather well. For, uh, won the NIT last year uh, with him there, but of course James Wiseman was didn't get a play. You know, they, There has been a lot of expectation at Memphis, so despite the fact they've had winning records, maybe they're not le- living up to the hype, and now they have three losses in a row, and Penny decided to let the uh, let the, the media know that he's getting frustrated with them in particular. One thing I can say to this media, because this media gets kind of f***ed up sometimes when it comes to me. We don't have our full roster Y'all know we don't have our full roster. Stop asking me stupid questions about if I feel like I can do something. If I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17, 18, and 19-year-olds out here trying to learn how to play against 22, 23, and 24. 
year-old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I work too hard. I work way too hard for that. Y'all write all these articles about me, and all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. There you have it. Penny Hardaway, head coach at Memphis now. Uh, very frustrating. Things are, are kind of boiling over there. Um, it, there must, I mean, uh, just from the outside, there must be a lot of expectation uh, there for that Memphis basketball program. I know it's year four for them, and, and you know, he was, uh, you know, a former player there and a big hire there. Um, but I'm just glad sometimes, you know, it, and, it, and maybe it's kind of uh, odd to say this, but it, whether it's Tim Miles or Fred Hoiberg, when we've gone into those press conference settings, um, there's always uh, n- not as nasty of a feel uh, that could potentially be there. But, I mean, you've played in New York. You've played in places where the media isn't necessarily um, – is kind of like you said, maybe looking to take things out of context or, or poke the bear. Um, what did you make of Penny Hardaway in that in that situation? I mean, I think the NBA competitor, uh, professional side of him came out, and you know, sometimes, like you say, you can only be poked so long before you know you're you're going to pop or you're going to you're going to snap. And I don't, I don't think he snapped. I think he was just very passionate about what he's trying to accomplish and what he's doing and how hard they're working. Um, I, I think there is some, some, some correction, correctness to that. I think sometimes also that, that part of it does get lost in it, in that, you know, you, these are young kids, you know, Monty Bates and, you know, Jalen Duran. they, I mean, Although they're among the top recruits of the 2022 class, I mean, and they're, you know, they, Memphis has an expectation. They haven't lived up to that expectation. And so because of that, you, you, you can tend to ride them a little bit. And, and it would be no different than if Nick Saban had a three and 10 season with the top recruiting classes that he get, right. He would be yeah. getting, getting it too. And so I think that's part of it. Um, He's 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 right to a to a point. I mean, some of these kids and, and and I think that goes back to what we've talked about in the past is just how the AAU system, the recruiting system is set up. Right. Um, it's different when you're playing that open free flow style. And then now you've got to be able to operate within a system. Um, within a, a, a structure of, of play. And some, some guys have trouble transitioning into that and they've been used so used to it. And then if things don't go right and don't go, you know, if you're not hitting those shots, you're going to, you're going to feel it. And that's why it's important within the structure of the system. You, you've got to, you know, be efficient and you've got to work on those things and, and those parts of your game that is within the flow of the system. And if you do that, you, you probably will be successful because you'll be taking good shots. You'll be taking, shots that you can make. Um, and I just think that with Amani Bates, he has just such a, a desire and passion to uh, live up to the name, the hype, the, you know, the status of what he's coming in with. And sometimes when you put that pressure on you, you, you know, it doesn't work. I mean, that's not necessarily the case with Jalen. He's playing pretty good. Um, you know, right now they're missing, you know, like you said, some players. Uh, they're also missing – shoot uh, DeAndre Williams as well so who's their top scorer <laughs> so I mean there, there's the some things there boiling over, I, I think. yeah I mean they can get it turned around but we'll have to see how it plays out sometimes adversity will bring you together and hopefully that's the case for them 
Yeah, it, it, it's it's you know these these things happen whether it's the Webster situation or the Penny Hardaway situation. We see this every year, I think, with Bill Self uh, when they have an early season loss and he'll tell them they're the worst team he's ever coached or been a part of. And by the end of the season, they're rolling out well. So some of it's like even strategic um, from coaches how they're going to um, kind of try to to get the most out of their their team. Obviously, um, so it, it's just kind of interesting college basketball uh, as, as well as as long as we're on the topic, I, I, I'll continue with that. I know. I sent you a pre rundown uh, as I do every day. Uh, send a pre rundown to Strick uh, for the show, and then uh, sometimes just news hits and, and and you get a conversation rolling. So I, I did want to get to Indiana's big win too last night over Purdue. It was huge. Uh, Coach Woodson obviously just got his uh, big road win against Nebraska. It was his first Big Ten road win, uh, and then knocks off Purdue. Um, Purdue, we, we've talked about. I mean, how good they are. Um, uh, I guess, I guess which way do you see this? Do you see this more as, a, as Purdue? I mean, they have three Big Ten losses now, and they're ranked in the top five. Um, obviously a, a great team, but you just kind of wonder what's going on there, I suppose, when they're playing in the Big Ten. And then on the other hand, uh, is, this, is this huge for Coach Woodson? Obviously Indiana has had, um, you know, has had – they're kind of comparable to Nebraska football to a degree because they're they're historic franchise uh, or or team over the years that have had to go through a bunch of different coaches to try to find that right guy. I, I guess the frustration there, if you're a Nebraska fan, is Coach Woodson and and again Indiana and Nebraska very different situation is that Coach Woodson steps in at one year, of course former NBA coach uh, steps in and and already has Indiana with that. Uh, program-defining win where Nebraska is in the third year um, seeking just a win in general? Well, I think there's some things to point out as to how they got it done, right? They got it done, you know, other than the the way that they shot that night against Purdue, I mean, and and the win against uh, Minnesota that they had. I mean, they've been trying to hit shots. They've been trying to make shots. And I I think their point guards have been very off. You know, Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy, you know, they've struggled. They've struggled with shooting and scoring, you know. So Johnson entered the, you know, the game shooting at 41% from the floor. Fantasy was significantly worse at 28%, where guys in the Big Ten were literally not guarding them at times, right? Yeah. And so in the first half of this particular game, you have Fantasy who, you know, his first six shots, including three threes and, and some nice layups with some trick, tricks in his bag. You know, he hit some shots and, and you know, ended the first half with 17 points. That's something that's, you know, has been needed for them. And then Johnson went nuts and got had some steady play, you know, hitting two or four from three. And, uh, you know, that, that was something that got them going. Then also, you know, some things that they've had problems with is, is you know, uh, is, is turning the ball over. They didn't do ultimately bad, but then they caused turnovers. And then this speaks to the thing of how we talked about how Nebraska needs to get their signifying wins, right? Or the losses that they've had. One of the things that Indiana did was they caused turnovers, but then they also were aggressive and they attacked. That's how you got to beat big teams. They attacked the loose balls, you know? So, um, you know, they registered in, in, you know, seven first half steals. They called 10 turnovers and uh, it led to 11 Indiana points. I mean, those are things that um, they were doing as they were harassing uh, the Purdue, um, you know, offensive stars, Jaden Ivey, you know, they, they were they were getting after them throughout that game, but it was the loose balls that they were able to get to. Then the last part of it was they handled the bigs. You know, Jackson Davis, you know, pretty much is one of their only bigs, but then, you know, they, they've got, um, you know, a few other players that, that make great contributions, but, 
you know, he played hard and, and he got after him on the, in the post and, you know, held Edie down and, and, and uh, Travion Williams uh, to 14 points, man. So <laughs> combined. So, you know, that's just the strength of him and the, the way that he moves his feet and his abilities there. Um, so I, I think when you look at those three aspects, that's how they were able to get it done. They handled those three things and uh, in doing so gave them a big signifying win. Oh, yeah, and it's fun to kind of see the middle of the, the Big Ten rise. We've seen it with Rutgers. We're seeing it now with Indiana. Uh, and as far as just on the docket this weekend, of course, like I said, Nebraska's game against Ohio State canceled. Purdue will have another shot to get back on track against Northwestern on Sunday. But tonight, a pretty good matchup between Wisconsin and Michigan State. Uh, that one is in Madison. Of course, Wisconsin, like we said, set up to come to Nebraska, to Lincoln on Tuesday. So it could be the game going into that one. It just feels like with Purdue kind of falling off a bit um, that you're kind of back to maybe where you were last year and I don't know I mean every year the tournament can kind of change um, but you have a lot of really solid teams in the Big Ten I don't know if you have an overwhelming um, favorite that's going to be a number one or two seed um, but hopefully we see it different this year as opposed to last year where uh, they, they did have a one seed in Illinois and they did have um, the respect from the regular season uh, and then a lot of those teams failed to show up in March uh, at least in the tournament I should say and I you know I, I think there's potential for that again but uh, you've you've got some some really good teams, so you never know. I mean, in tournament play, uh, I, I sometimes I don't think that translates from year to year. Yeah, you know, and and I think sometimes when you come in and just you you can beat each other up throughout the season, and then you get to those those later halves of the of the games, and and you know they they played pretty well in the uh, Big Ten ACC uh, you know uh, competition that they have every year. Uh, they fare very well. I think um, they have some good pieces in order to make some late and long runs. I think the pressures that come with being in those top tier one through three positions sometimes can can add some extra you know trouble for you as a team because it puts pressure on you to have to do so you know so many things. So I think um, you know they'll just continue to compete and play. Uh, is some parity amongst the Big Ten this year. There's going to probably be some more upsets that happen, and you know we'll see how it ultimately pans out and how they learn from it going into the postseason in March. And before we take a break, we will talk about some Husker uh, football on the other side, talk about how excited you are for the spring game, so many early enrollees and, and all that stuff. So we'll, we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. I did want to mention this and uh, just kind of sad news, but uh, we'll pay our respects and kind of talk about these guys, Meatloaf, uh, as well as Louis Anderson, both passing away today. Um, did either of those guys, uh, do you have any memories from those guys, their, their careers, or did you pay too much attention to Meatloaf or Louis Anderson? Well, I mean, Louis Anderson was a solid comedian. Uh, he'd been around a long time. I think he even had some SNL time, and um, he was he was funny dude. You know, heavy set dude. He he kind of reminded reminded me not as crazy as Chris Farley, but along those lines. But um, you know, Meatloaf was a was a tremendous uh, entertainer. You know, great singer. Uh, he could do a lot of things as well. You know, you, you know, there's been a lot of losses over the last you know few years, and so. Um, you know, you always hate to lose good people that have done wonderful things in the industries that they represented. Yeah, I always remember Louis Anderson. I can't remember what the game show was, but Dominican Sue like did it. They had these like these these challenges. I can't even remember what the ultimate goal was. Uh, but Louis Anderson was like doing a dive into the water and. 
like he had some sort of problem where he couldn't get out of the water. So Sue had to jump in there and drag Louis Anderson, who, like you said, is a pretty heavy set guy. He had to get him out of the water. Um, so, I mean, that was the most, uh, that was the craziest part of that show. But then I remember I didn't watch that show very long because there's like eight contestants and Sue like lost the first week and he's out. And then I go, all right, well, then I don't care. Then I'm out. I was only here for Sue. <laughs> but yeah. Louis Anderson, uh, always entertaining as well, a game show host. I remember they had a cartoon of him as a kid. Um, so, I mean, very uh, sad news that those guys passed away, but they had great careers and, uh, and you know, uh, all the, uh, you know, rest of peace to those guys. So uh, we will take a quick break when we come back. Like I said, a lot of fresh faces in the Nebraska football program. We'll talk about those guys uh, that are enrolling early. What's that going to mean, mean for the spring game? Is this the most hyped you've been for a spring game? Let us know. 402-464-5685. Han of Lincoln hotline, Sutter Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. Let us know how hyped you are for this spring game, because for me, I didn't think it was going to happen coming off a 3-9 and nine season, but with an open quarterback competition and all these new guys coming in, I'm pretty hyped. So we'll talk about that stuff coming up next here on the block with Strickenbach here on 93.7 The Ticket.